Welcome to the podcast for hardworking healthcare marketers. You are in the right place. In this episode, we talk crisis communication with Kina Lewis from Orlando Health. That is coming up on Marketing Mouse starting right now. Work, 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 work. It's a rule around here. You work hard, play hard. I have eight different bosses right now. A big pun? Eight bosses. Eight? Eight, Bob. What I work late, you work late. But I made the appointment two months ago. I'm here. Fresh off the lips of health marketing experts, this is Marketing Mouths. And now, here's Bill Klaproth. Taking what they're giving because I'm working for a living. So true. Welcome to the Marketing Mouse podcast, episode number 14, the podcast for healthcare marketers designed to provide insights and information to help you stay on top of your game. With me is Keena Lewis, Director of Public Affairs and Media Relations at Orlando Health and Orlando Regional Medical Center. Keena is the Public Affairs Director there, and she handled all of the communication and messaging during Orlando Health's response to the Pulse nightclub massacre in June 2016 as they cared for 44 of those victims. And today we're going to talk crisis communication. Kina, thank you for joining me. Thank you for having me. So Kina, it was June 12th, 2016. You get the call. There's been a mass shooting in Orlando and multiple victims are on their way to Orlando Health. Tell us about that night. Give us a brief rundown and how you handled communication for that horrible event. Sure. So the call came about 3.09 in the morning. And, uh, you know, as any good PR person, my cell phone is at my, on my nightstand. And when it rang and I looked down and it said it was the name of our COO from ORMC. And if he's calling at 3.09 in the morning, I know something's not good. And um, so I answered, and, and he said, uh, there's been a mass shooting uh, about two blocks from the hospital. It's very close to the hospital, and we're going into incident command. And so um, I got up, got dressed, and came in. So incident command, for those who, who don't aren't familiar with it, it is a... Mm-hmm a standardized approach to responding to an emergency. It includes many different uh, aspects of of an emergency from operations to finance, but it also includes communication. And so we immediately went into incident command. And um, when you're in incident command, the the communication actually, uh, I'm the PIO, and, and any communication that goes out is actually approved by the commander before it goes out. So I would write up, uh, you know, we're all together, and I would write up, a, you know, uh, an update or a statement and send it to the commander. The commander would approve it, and then we would distribute it to traditional press and across our social media channels as well. So you were writing all the key messaging? Yes. And initially it was... What is going on? You know, our our hospitals, because it was so close, Orlando Regional Medical Center, which is the hospital with the trauma center in it, is on the same campus with a children's hospital and a women and babies hospital and a cancer center. So all of these facilities went on lockdown because we didn't know where the shooter was. The police didn't know, you know, was there one? Was there more than one? And so we're all on lockdown. So our first message was just that, that the hospitals are on lockdown, campuses on lockdown, and we gave instructions for team members where they should go. And, and the local press, I will tell you, they were wonderful. We asked them, can you roll this for us? Can you run this on your uh, on a crawl? And they, they all did, and uh, it was instructions for initially team members and then unfortunately we had to have instructions for family members and friends of the patients 
And so we did, you know, where, where they needed to go, how they could get in, because, we, you know, obviously it was a very sensitive time. And once we got all of the family members and patients, family members and friends into one place, then we started the kind of the daily messaging to, that provided updates on the patients without violating privacy laws. We would give numbers and conditions and, um, you know, numbers of uh, surgery scheduled that day, pints of blood used that day. And so just uh, information that, that the press was clamoring for. Right. So did you have a mass shooting plan already in place or were you just following general procedures through what you called incident command? We do have a mass casualty incident uh, procedure in place. So we, we have crisis plans for a number of emergency situations. And so there are very few that would happen that we are not at least somewhat prepared for. Right. Okay. So I would imagine most hospitals or health systems have a mass casualty or a crisis plan in place. I can't speak for other hospitals. I I would I would think so, and I would hope so, because in this, especially in this day and age, you don't know when the next mass casualty will be or where it will be, and hospitals right. have to respond. We it's not like you have an option. We have to respond. Absolutely. So not all crisis communication is as horrific as what you went through. So let's talk about the different types of health care crisis a hospital may face. I'm thinking, you know, something like a public health outbreak or potential litigation or employee issues or patient care issues. Should you have a plan in place for all of those? How does that work? Yes, all of the above. Um, <laughs> certainly, I mean, I mean, <laughs> we, we, you know, there we're we're a hospital, and hospitals, you know, when, for example, um, when there is an outbreak of an infectious disease in a community, the hospital's probably going to have to respond. So it's probably smart to have a, a, a plan for an infectious disease outbreak in your specific community. We certainly um, have any group, not just hospitals, but any organization with a large amount, large number of employees will have um, people problems, for lack of a better word, um, and we're no different. Hospitals are no different. Um, you know, there are hundreds, uh, if not thousands, of people who make a hospital run, who are there to care for patients, and um, but they're people. And so um, anything that you think could happen between people or to people can happen in a hospital setting as well. And so, um, you know, you need to, to think about those things. I mean, you know, domestic situations, misbehavior, you know, termination. Those are things that you need to think about. So what are some of the areas communicators need to be prepared for prior to a crisis? So one of the things um, I think that's really important is to have in your plan a um, a list of external and internal contacts that you will need for uh, for subject matter experts. They may be uh, law enforcement. They may be fire and emergency groups. Externally, they may be your local uh, health department if there if it, if there's an infectious disease. Operationally, you need to have relationships or or know who to contact for everything from operations to engineering to, um, uh, depending on your industry, emergency preparedness, so that whatever happens, you know who to go to. I would also recommend that you have uh, the communications people 
have a, a system for where they would go if something happens. Where, where are you going to meet? And what department is going to be at the table? And, and really, that is incident command. So I would highly, highly recommend that. And have your appropriate spokespeople. Have them in advance. Media train them in advance. Identify where your media staging areas are. And um, I think if you can do all of that and look at each possible uh, scenario that you could experience in your particular industry, you've come a long way. So then what happens during the crisis? What are the initial tasks? And you said you were creating the messaging for this particular event. Mm-hmm. What happens during the crisis? I would imagine people are just following then the crisis plan that's already laid out. They are. From a communications perspective, I would say, you know, once, the, once you've given the facts, what is going on with your facility, what is going on with the people, what is going on with um, uh, the situation, then it, then it becomes an issue of, of how do you want to, how do you want to respond, um, what information you want to provide or can provide in, in a healthcare situation. You know, we do have privacy rights, um, patients do, but um, you have to decide what information you're, you're going to provide and depending on the size of the crisis, how you're going to respond. Um, my team were very small; we're six people, and we had media from around the world. So we had to make a choice. There was no way we could service every request; we just couldn't. And so we decided that we're going to service our local press because we work with them every day, and we love them, and they love us. And and then national because we wanted to. Um, make sure that the world, we knew the world wanted to know what was going on. The best way to do that is through the national uh, news outlets. And so we worked with all of them, uh, print and broadcast, and then our social channels as well. So that's really good. So then how do you follow up after the event? Are there certain things people should do after? Yes, after the event. That's kind of when um, you'll want to find Good news stories, if they're there, feature stories. Um, ours certainly became about the surgeons who were there at in the trauma unit who met uh, the patients, our emergency department who were who were inside the emergency department. We had we did some feature stories about nursing. We did feature stories featuring our executives. So it's it, and and we continued to provide daily updates. We actually provided daily updates until September because we had one patient who was in the hospital until September. And so um, we provided those every day until that person was discharged. Well, that makes sense. So what are some things you should avoid during a crisis? So I would say you should um, avoid overstating the facts or misrepresenting in any kind of way. Um, you know, as the old television show used to say, just the facts, ma'am. Be, tra- be as transparent as you can be. I know that there are probably attorneys listening now who go, no, <laughs> don't do that. But um, I would recommend it, you know, within within your limits of your organization, be as transparent as you can be. The the, the public and the press want to know what's going on, and, and, um, and you're the expert to, to share the information. Don't, I would say, don't point fingers or place blame, even even if it's something that's happening internally. It's, it's better really to address how your company or how your organization is going to move forward from here, not looking backward at, and pointing fingers at what has happened 
What are you going to do to make sure it doesn't happen again? How are you changing it? How are you taking care of the victims? How are you taking care of, of, of those who were harmed? And so looking forward um, is a much better way to, uh, way to go than, than looking backwards and pointing fingers. Right. So at a bare minimum, in your opinion, Kina, what should every hospital or health system be prepared for in advance? I would say certainly a mass casualty incident at hospitals and health care systems must now. Also, I would say weather events. Here in Florida, it's hurricanes. Other parts of the country, it's tornadoes. I mean, we saw, you know, the devastation across the Midwest. Um, other parts of the country, it might be earthquakes. So you, you know what happens in your community and uh, weather-wise, so you should be prepared for those. The other probably would be a power outage of some kind. We, we, everything it runs on power, you know, from, you know, from the lights that turn on to the ventilators that keep people right. alive. And so um, you need to be prepared for a power outage. So those are the top three. I mean, there are hundreds, as you can imagine, but, but I would say those are probably the top three. And then what's your overall advice for crisis communication? Well, you do have to be prepared. You have to you know, you have to have a list of phone numbers of people that you know. You have to have a plan. Even if you don't have a full plan, have a process in place for what you will, where you will go, who will be involved. Because once you're all there, even if you don't have it planned down to the nth degree, you're looking at each other and you're making decisions in real time. Go through the, your top crises that could happen in your, in your business. And I don't know what, the, you know, they could be armed robbery to, um, you know, a hospice situation. What You know your business better than anybody else. Go through those. Identify the top, uh, top possible crises and then develop a plan around each of them. Well, this has been very informative, Keena, but we're not done with you yet. We still have to do the marketing mouse wheel of questions. I guess one last question Ooh. for somebody listening who's, who might not be as prepared as you were. I'm just trying to go one more step, of just trying to pick your brain a little bit more. Where's a mm-hmm. good place to start if they're not anywhere near where you were at, your preparedness level? Where should someone start? I would say go to the FEMA website. I think it's FEMA.gov. And learn about the incident command system. You, as, you can use it whether you're a large organization like ours or whether you're a small organization. Um, it provides the structure that is so important initially during a crisis. So I would say start there. Start with the incident command system, and then second, identify your main, the the crises that are likely to hit your particular industry or your particular company. That's great information, Keen. exactly what I was looking for. Thank you so much. So hopefully we've got people on the right path to getting their crisis communication in order. Well, thank you for your time today. And now let's go to the Marketing Mouse Wheel of Questions, the greatest podcast game show going, because now it's time for the Marketing Mouse Wheel of Questions. It's the game show marketers prefer two to one over the competition. All right, Keena, step up to the wheel. You get three spins. Go ahead and grab it and give it a good spin. Okay, okay, okay. Here we go. All right, good spin, good spin. Okay, coming to a stop. Here we go. Oh, I think you're going to like this question. If you had one extra hour of free time a day, how would you use it? Ooh, ooh, just one? Let's see. 
<laughs> I, you know what? I think I would be very selfish and do something for me. Oh, um, good answer. I like that. <laughs> maybe Manny Petty or go see a movie. Just something, you know, simple, but something that's just something for me. Oh, I love it. That's a good one. All right. Spin number two. Step up to the wheel and give it another spin. Okay, okay, okay. Here we go. All right. Big money, big money. Okay. Oh, this is one of my favorites. Here we go. Finish this sentence. Throughout my life, the most important thing I've learned is... Never stop moving forward. Mm, forward yeah. momentum. It's good. Don't don't look forward back. Momentum, don't always. don't focus on anything that bad happened in the past. Although you can learn from that, but keep pushing forward, right? Yes, absolutely. Keep pushing forward. Oh, that's good. Okay, third and final spin, Kina. Give it a good one. Okay. All right. Here we go. Come on! Come on! Come on! Come on! <laughs> okay, coming to a stop. And oh, here it is. If you could visit any place in the world. Where would you choose to go and why? Oh, that's an easy one for me. Oh, Australia. Okay. I, um, I've always wanted to go to Australia because I want to see kangaroos and koala bears in the wild. I, <laughs> that's, that's why. I want to go to Australia. Oh, that's cool. I would love that. No, oh, that's really neat. Well, Keena, thank you so much for your time today. You've really helped us out. If someone wants to connect with you, how can they do that? Um, well, they can connect to me through email or through Twitter. Uh, my email is Kena.Lewis, that's K-E-N-A dot Lewis, L-E-W-I-S, at OrlandoHealth.com. And Twitter, I'm the easiest person in the world to find. I'm at Kena Lewis. Fantastic. Well, there you go. Kena Lewis, Director of Public Affairs and Media Relations at Orlando Health and Orlando Regional Medical Center. Kena, thank you again for your time today. Thank you so much. I hope I've been helpful. Kina, it's been great. So fun to have you on. You did a great job, and uh, we certainly learned a lot. So thank you again, and thank you for listening to the Marketing Mouse podcast brought to you by Dr. Podcasting. Reach new consumers through informative podcasts featuring your doctors and healthcare staff. Learn more at drpodcasting.com. I'm Bill Klaproth. Email me, bill at drpodcasting.com, with guest and topic suggestions. You can also hook up with me on all of the socials. And I leave you with one of my favorite marketing quotes from Larry Weber. People don't want to be sold. What people do want is news and information about the things they care about. Talking about content marketing right there. Thanks again for listening. See ya.